Welcome to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. Welcome to episode number three of Transforming Worldviews. Now, we've been talking a lot about uh, worldviews in episodes one and two, and you might be really uh, eager to say, well, when are we going to talk about the ten windows? What we're going to do is, in this episode, we're going to talk about the first three windows. Window number one is your purpose determines your mission. Now, every church has a purpose statement somewhere. If nowhere else, it's in your documents and your constitution. But this is a a basic fundamental issue. It's like the great management and leadership guru, Peter Drucker, once said, if you forget what business you're in, you're about ready to go out of business. So do we know and do all the people in our church know what business we're in? Are we in the business? Are we about the work that Jesus called us to be in? And is everybody really clear? Have we prioritized that one issue that is our purpose and has it determined our mission as a church? Just to show you how important this is, many, many years before we were alive, somebody got the idea to build railroads across the United States. They built this great network of railroads that are still used in various ways all over the continent. It's an incredibly amazing network and result of a dream. What business did they declare they were in? Well, what may seem obvious, they just determined they were in the railroad business. What else is there? So what happened? Where are those railroad businesses today? Well, in truth, the American Railroad is behind most countries of the world in the business of railroads in regard to standards, quality, performance. Much of the railroad industry in America is subsidized and underutilized. And the reason is they defined their purpose as railroads. Their worldview was two steel tracks. And at the beginning, yeah, you couldn't blame them, I guess. But if they really would have thought it through, they would have said, no, we are in the movement of people business. We are in the transportation business. Now, how different would that be if they had defined that at the beginning, if that was their worldview? We are in the transportation business. Well, for one thing, like in Europe, the railroads would go to the airports. In fact, if they were in the transportation business, they would own the airports. In fact, they might own a lot of the turnpikes in America, any of the roads that people pay to go on, because they're in the transportation business. So in my early days of travel, it's changed finally in Chicago, but in my early days of travel, I could take a train to get to O'Hare Airport to fly to California. The problem is, is that the train that went from Indiana to Chicago ended up at a train station that was not connected to the L, the urban trains in Chicago, which were not connected to the airport, O'Hare Airport. Nothing was connected. 
Why? Because they were all in the business, the purpose that they defined and not overlapped. If you've traveled much in Europe, you, you know that we are far behind the power curve. And it all goes back to how they defined their purpose. Now transfer that logic to the church. But before you do that, think about cars. Think about the transformation in travel when people went from horse to horse-drawn carriages to cars. Then think about the transformation that went from gasoline-powered cars to battery-powered cars. Think about the transformation that will come very quickly, in all likelihood, to driverless cars. Think about the transformation when some of the companies that are working on the future are talking about cars that fly. Consider transformation. And consider how important it is when you understand that worldview, this number one window, your purpose determines your mission. So, in our research, we asked people, what do you consider to be the primary purpose of the church? And they had a choice to choose between one of four answers, and uh, one of them was correct. It was simply a question of the following four possibilities, which one is the best answer to the question, what is the primary purpose of your church? Now, before I get into the results, let me tell you that if you look at Jesus and look at his purpose statement, most Christians agree across denominations across centuries, that Matthew 28, 19, and 20 pretty much forms the bottom line general statement of a purpose statement for the church, the Great Commission. Go, therefore, make disciples of all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything I have commanded you. Go make disciples. So, in summary, that purpose statement should be, according to the Bible, to go make disciples, baptizing, and teaching. Now, it's true that most constitutions of most churches, when it comes to the purpose statement, which is often in Article 2 of a constitution, and we read every constitution of every church we consult, and it's most common, that's the primary purpose. In fact, whole denominations, if you look at their general constitutions, when you get to the purpose statement, it's usually the Great Commission. Go make disciples. That's the primary purpose of the church, by baptizing and teaching. And going, you make disciples. Now, in the set of answers that we provided of the four choices, we had three others that didn't have anything to do with the Great Commission. In fact, one of them was this answer, to provide a place of fellowship to share God's love with each other. So, is fellowship a great thing? Sure. Is it the primary purpose of the church? No. But the truth is, over half, 57% of our database of people in churches say that not making disciples, but no, 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 providing a place of fellowship to share God's love with one another, each other. That's 
the primary purpose of the church. And it is, apparently, in the minds of many Christians. And, of course, that's where churches get the idea that the church is some kind of a spiritual country club. What's really interesting about that, have you ever heard the saying, whatever you measure gets done? So what do we measure in churches? Well, most churches measure members. Most churches, in fact, all churches, measure money. You keep good records of giving financially. How many churches measure disciples? People who have been discipled into ministry where they can go and make disciples, baptizing and teaching, and growing God's kingdom. What's really interesting is members go to church. Disciples go to work. And people wonder, why isn't our church growing? And people wonder, why are so many churches closing? And people wonder, why are so many churches aging? And people wonder, why is the Christian movement losing its grip on the country? It's very fundamental. Window number one, your purpose determines your mission. Let's talk about number two. Window number two, your comfort determines your sacrifice. How valuable is your comfort will determine the level of your willingness to sacrifice. And it's quite clear from Scripture that making disciples requires sacrifice. Uh, For Jesus, it required his life and death on a cross for his disciples. Everyone that we know about, it required significant sacrifice. Window number two, your comfort determines your sacrifice. So I know there's a biblical worldview. God is love. And that is an absolute correct biblical worldview. However, there's a modern myth connected to that short little sentence in the scripture, God is love. People tend to extrapolate that sentence. And this modern myth begins to grow that if God is love and God loves us, God certainly wants us to be comfortable. Well, not Moses, not Abraham, not Jeremiah, not John the Baptist, not the Apostle Paul, not even Jesus, the Son of God. And so we have this interesting worldview that crops up in churches. It's never really said this way, but there's a lot that shows this is where we're at. Comfort at all costs mentality. Even when it comes to giving, think about the widow's mites. Comfort? No, she gave everything she had. What's your worldview? Does your church have a money issue? Or is it a giving issue? I've heard a lot of preaching about we need more money. I've seen a lot of meetings about we need more finances. But is that the worldview issue? Or is it a giving mentality issue? Is it a biblical doctrinal issue from Scripture? Or what about change? Or what about growth? What about renewal? What about sacrifice? All those things are uncomfortable. 
in Church Doctrine Ministries, we're working a lot now in the SEND movement, a movement that we have developed because we now live on a mission field. We're training people in churches to become missionaries. It takes three years, 36 months. But, hey, don't be surprised. That's what Jesus took with his disciples. And you might say, well, yeah, but these people are already Christians. Yeah, but you're not Jesus, nor are we. So, yeah, it ends up about 36 months, three years, training people to be missionaries. And it does take some retraining. And, yeah, at the beginning it's not comfortable, but people become comfortable because they're trained. And then they start what we call send centers. These are homes that are first destination places where you take people that are just recently open to Jesus, just babies in the faith, because it's not comfortable for them. It's culture shock for them to invite them to church. See, we have this idea that the church is God's platform to reach new people for Christ. That's not true. Relationships are the platform. So we get a few Christians together who have been trained as missionaries in a home, and they invite people to dinner, not to church. Sounds like heresy, doesn't it? Don't invite new people that have just babies in Christ. Don't invite them to the worship service. It's culture shock. It's like feeding a baby steak. Yeah, you wouldn't do that. So that's really promoting this worldview because your comfort determines your sacrifice. If comfort's everything you're concerned about, you've got to be nurtured into a willingness to move beyond your comfort zone. But it's in all kinds of areas of the church. Why should we start a new worship service? We've always done it that way. What that is is called the rut of religion rather than the adventure of faith. So what did we find when we asked this question with four different choices? We found that 75% of the people in churches respond to the one answer that says, we are satisfied with church just the way it is, and that's the way it always should be. So we know that many Christians operate from a perspective of Walmart Christianity, or you might call it ecclesiastical consumerism. It's huge in our nation. Our nation operates on consumer mentality, but not in the kingdom of God. That's not the way the kingdom operates. Worldview, window number two, your comfort determines your sacrifice. In other words, are you willing to be uncomfortable or grow to a point where you're comfortable being uncomfortable in Christ? All right, window number three. Your image determines your impact. Your image determines your impact. That is, what is the image you have of your church? Is it a place? Is it a building? Is it a place to bring people? Is it a place to invite people? Is it a place to disciple people? Is it a place to grow people? Or do we put up a sign, put up a website, and simply sit back and say, hey, everybody in this town knows where we are. If they want to come, let them come. We'll shake their hand at the door. We'll give them a place to park. If they want to come, let them come. Oh, 
What happened to that first word of the Great Commission? Y'all come? No. It's go. Go. The church is not a holding tank or a destination. It's a launching pad. Hmm. Or when we make worship or our teaching easier for people who are not Christians to grasp, you're always going to get somebody who says, hey, why do we have to go down to their level? Why do we have to dumb down worship and make it something that somebody who stumbles in the door is going to understand what we're doing? Why do we have to give those directions? We all know where to go when and when to stand up and sit down and do whatever. In our research, we discovered that 31% of those who are leaders in churches, the influencers, put the burden on the outsider to find Christ. Do not consider it the responsibility of those in the church to take Christ to them. Just open the doors, put out a sign, get a website, and y'all come. But the Great Commission is not about y'all come, is it? If Jesus sat in heaven and demanded the concept of y'all come, there would be no hope. There would be no gospel. There would be no salvation. There would be no Christians. You know, for us to go out of our comfort zone and to go to where people are and to organize ourselves so that we are sensitive to where they are and when they are ready to take the next step, to be people in mission, to be missionaries with a heart for mission, that for us is different. It's new for most Christians. It's challenging for most Christians. But it's nothing like what Jesus gave up to come to us. Nothing at all. And so we are sent people. We are on a mission. A trip to Walmart is a short-term mission trip. The people in our social network is our personal mission field not the mission field for the pastor or the staff to reach because they don't have the relationship, but it's our personal mission field. And we go through the prayers when we enter in worship, and we might pray at night. We say our prayers or in the morning. We might pray for our kids to be healthy and safe and successful or whatever, but do we pray for those people who are in our social network who show no sign of being people of faith, never worship, never honor God, never show signs of Christian faith? Our friends who are not Christians, our relatives, those who are at work or school, those who are our near neighbors, where they live next door or are the same person at the checkout counter where we get our groceries, they're our neighbors because we see them regularly. If you listed those people, do you pray for them every day? You see, our comfort being Christians at our nice little church determines our impact. And the platform 
for making disciples is not our cozy little church, but the place where we intersect with those in our personal mission fields, where we personally take on the responsibility to reach people for Jesus Christ. Do you have any idea what would happen if a third of your congregation was trained to be missionaries? And that's about the number of people that are ready to be trained if you give them an opportunity in most churches today. Yeah, they're ready to sign up. Nobody's ever offered. They're ready to step out of their comfort zones. They're business as usual as a Christian in a church. They're ready to move on. They're ready to learn to be discipled, to be missionaries. Do you have any idea if a third of them were praying every single day, had the names of the people in their mission field, in their social network, they were praying for them every day. Their names were, were pasted on their mirror in the bathroom. Every day they got ready. They prayed for those people. And then they looked for opportunities. And they took the training to be able to share their testimony, their God stories. And then they know to take them to a send center and gently give them a middle step where they can grow in relationships with other Christians before we park their bodies into a seat and worship, that we gently nurture them. And that's our responsibility, not the staff, because we have the relationship. Yeah, that's moving out of our comfort zones. But when it becomes comfortable, then mission happens. So those are our first three windows. Window number one, your purpose determines your mission. Window number two, your comfort determines your sacrifice. And window number three, your image determines your impact. In our next episode, episode number four, we'll take on some more of these windows that we can discover our windows and maximize our impact. God bless you. You have been listening to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor presented by Church Doctor Ministries. If you've liked this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to hear future episodes. Check out Kent Hunter's new book, Who Broke My Church? Seven Proven Strategies for Renewal and Revival, available now wherever books are sold.